Welcome back to Digesting Fargo, where we're tackling the FX series Fargo one episode at a time. For this podcast, we watched season four, episode number nine, titled East to or East West, titled East West, and we're here to talk all about it. I'm Zach Brooks, and I am joined by the Piccola to my Iola Crow, Aaron Brooks. How's it going? Do you know which was the racist sister? Because I'd like to uh, not be that one. Yeah, I. Piccola sounds less racist. Piccola sounds less racist. Yeah, uh, and I think it is Iola, right? Is that? I, mean, I think. I, yeah, that's what I had it as. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so we're talking all about the episode about Satchel and Rabbi Milligan. They are on the run in liberal Kansas City. So we're going to talk all about the libs here on digesting Fargo. And each week we're going through Fargo, so make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on your favorite podcatcher. And uh, if you can leave reviews and ratings, do that. That's fun. Uh, and make sure that you send your feedback in each week to digestingdarkpod at gmail.com. That is Digesting Dark Pod, even though this is Digesting Fargo, because we also covered dark once upon a time. And uh, you can always go back. If you are watching, if you're watching dark, if you're stuck inside and you want a show to watch, watch dark. Or rewatch Dark. Uh, listen to yeah, the podcast. Definitely. So, uh, only a couple episodes to the finale now for Fargo. Yeah, uh, it's definitely moved it along. Yeah, uh, we got a very. This is the most focused episode that we've got. I don't think we've gotten any other episodes in this season that I can remember that focus so much on one or two characters. Yeah, no, I and I uh, really liked it. I think this is my favorite episode of the season by far. Yeah, you you watched this before I did. So you watched this last night and you were texting me about how much you enjoyed it. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't watch it until Monday evening. And yeah, I thought it was good. I think it has a lot of uh, really fun Easter eggs in it. And it's, you know, I think we can see how Satchel is going to become Mike Milligan. And it's pretty tragic that Satchel just is all on his own now. Yep. Well, he's got Rabbit. That's true. He's not not totally on his own. Yes. Um, He's got his Toto. His white dog. Yes. So it's White Rabbit. Uh, all right. So uh, where do you want to start? I mean, do you want to talk about some big stuff before we get into kind of what happened? What did you like so much about this episode? Maybe that's a good place to start. Um, I kind of just wish the whole season was done in this art direction after watching it. The, the, just the cinematography, the direction, um, which I forgot the director's name, but it wasn't Noah Hawley. It was a different director, but I thought the director really did a very good job with um this michael uppendahl michael uppendahl okay well let's see what else michael uppendahl has done he's done uh, oh he's done an episode of Mad Men. so i can see how this this has sort of a Mad Men cinematography to it yeah you know i mean it was it it kind of i i appreciated how it didn't bash you over the head with the wizard of oz analogies but they were obviously there throughout it Mm -hmm. um but I, I think it could have been a lot more obnoxiously done. This is like kind of the second or third time this season that this show has reminded me of Watchmen also. Obviously, oh. the Watchmen episode, that was a lot in black and white. I think it was the... That was the memory episode. episode. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, um, um, and I think a lot of this was a dream or a memory in a way. So. Oh, um, do you think it was in black and white because we are watching satchel's memory as an older person like him think back to this? kind of his memory of his origins maybe or something mm-hmm. to that i mean 
because it starkly goes at the end of the episode from black and white to color. Right. As soon as the after the tornado, just like in Wizard of Oz, I and did. He wakes uh, up and he, he wakes up on the ground, not on the bed in the bedroom with the two beds. He wakes up on the ground. Oh, yeah, that's true. Why do you think that is? I mean, it. I think <laughs> weren't there like implications with Wizard of Oz that it was like all in Dorothy's head? What happened also? Well, I mean, spoiler for the Wizard of Oz. So she wakes up and it's a dream. Right. But exactly. It's you're not sure if it's a dream. I haven't seen the Wizard of Oz in a while. I would love to have rewatched it uh, for this. Mm-hmm. At some point on Movie Ladder, I'm sure we will get to Wizard of Oz. So that's kind of why I haven't watched it recently. Um, but I would also say that in addition to being so Wizard of Oz heavy, this was very Alice in Wonderland heavy as well. Oh, um, yeah. So. I mean, I know, so I, going into this, I had seen a couple headlines that said like, and your little dog too, and things like that. So I was expecting it to be Wizard of Oz, something about Wizard of Oz in it. Um, we didn't, we don't watch the previously on, on this, or the next time on, on this podcast, but apparently in the next time on for this episode, it, uh, it had in there that there was going to be a tornado because I had people that had, had mentioned to me something about a tornado that they had seen it in the next time on. Or so we could witch of the east and the west. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you have the good sister and the bad sister lining up. But what I noticed, so I was really looking for the Wizard of Oz stuff, but what I noticed was when Rabbit, the dog, jumps out and Satchel follows him, he's literally following the white rabbit. Mm-hmm. And he meets two men that I mean, I think you could probably say that's like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. The dinner scene reminded me a lot of like a kind of a mad tea party or you could have like the the queen from Alice in Wonderland as well. Um, And again, I can't remember much of Alice in Wonderland. It's been a while since I revisited that, but I bet you there's a lot of other things that line up from this episode onto both Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. So uh, I think that's it's really fun that that this episode pulled in uh, motifs from both those those properties. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, and I, you know, it also some other things that some other uh, fictional properties that it pulls in. Uh, Hansel and Gretel is mentioned. So I don't know if there's much Hansel and Gretel besides the major and his quote unquote niece. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of a a predatory relationship. It seems like there, and yes. uh, they're also talking about Goldilocks. And during all the discussion of Goldilocks, they're focused in on Rabbi Milligan and on Satchel because they are two people who are um, without a family, without a home and are like intruders to their family. Yeah. So um, did you notice anything Hansel and Gretel in this episode? I really, I mean, I noticed, I mean, I noticed a little bit, I guess with like the enticing of the house, I did pause on the sign outside the house. I wanted to do that and I did not do that. Yeah, so basically it talked about how in this house there had been, they would lure people to this house, kind of similar to Hansel and Gretel now. Mm. I didn't have the Hansel and Gretel thoughts, but it said lure people to the house and there was a bunch of unsolved murders. And then the family themselves ended up going uh, missing and it's an unsolved murder and many think the ghosts still haunt the property and so well, then so then we're getting maybe more the ghosts. ghosts we've been seeing yeah then then we're getting or just you know going along with that theme of ghosts throughout the yeah and i don't know if we remember seeing any ghosts holding anything but it talks specifically about a hammer so i was looking for ghosts in this episode and i didn't see anything i mean the closest we had to anything supernatural in this episode was the guy getting the whatever kind of surgery or treatment he was getting um 
which oh, you know, the alpha omega guy yeah the the guy who was coughing a lot which is just uncomfortable to hear somebody coughing that much right now so mm-hmm. um yeah so you know there's a lot of there's a lot of art in this episode a lot of fictional properties that are mentioned the episode opens with a quote life is nothing but a competition to be the criminal rather than the victim it's mm-hmm. a quote from bertrand russell um i've never heard that quote before i don't know if you are familiar with it mm-hmm. so um yeah it looks like it is uh let's see yeah um i don't know I'm not, I'm not able to find anything but it is from 1920 it says this quote um he sent it to his lover so okay. Um, yeah, somebody who's, who's more familiar with that quote would have more information. We're not that, um, but we open with, with that quote. And then the, uh, what I thought was at first the fallout from the Fada attack from the previous episode, cause we see a lot of rubble, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, wrecked building, destroyed building. Um, and we see, we see a book called the history of crime in the Midwest, and we specifically go to a page that talks about uh, chapter one, Kansas City, 1950. So, you know, after the episode, I realized that what this was is this is one of the buildings after the tornado, probably that filling station, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and so we don't know when after the tornado, but but it's kind of like a, the framing device is like we go inside this this book. So we're in the future and then we're to a scene that takes place a day before the main storyline of the episode takes place. Mm hmm. So, um, and in, we see in black and white, we see, uh, one of the cannons driving. I wasn't sure who it was. I had to look up who this was first. I thought maybe that was, uh, I think there's an oval who's, um, but it's, uh, it's Omi is who that is. That was, um, so he's the, he's the, uh, boxer that we saw earlier in the season. Yeah. And he had Aldo in the trunk. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't, I don't remember much about Aldo. Has Aldo done anything of note this season? no this is essentially his note okay yeah so uh he was just a member of the fada family mm-hmm. um so you know based on what that guy had told him uh that you know they're they trying to find calamita calamita is is chasing rabbi and satchel um and the the one thing is is now that we're in black and white it actually was a really cool effect because omi's glass eye mm-hmm. like shines in the black and white which you really don't notice in the color Mm-hmm. so um you know that that detail really sticks out and then on the flip side of that the these guys they start painting the filling station and when they're their truck stop filling station and when they're painting it you can't tell what color they're actually painting that building um mm-hmm. because we're on black and white yeah so um and they you know they talk to the guy who runs the filling station he seemed like a, a really nice Old man, um, it's unfortunate that he gets killed by the end of the episode. I was bummed to see that. Mm-hmm. But I guess everybody at the filling station ends up dead. So because yeah. mm-hmm. um, so there's references to the Korean War that Truman says he needs to send his son out there. But he's he's asking um, he's asking Omi if he's ever even met a Korean. And Omi says no. Mm-hmm. And um, they're looking for Kalamita. He mentions that Kalamita comes by in a red coat as well. So red sticking out as a color even though we can't actually see the color Mm -hmm. so what color do you think they were painting the filling station i mean i i thought red red yeah i mean there's a lot i don't know if you noticed how much red there was once we start getting color but there's a lot of red in this episode yeah so um and maybe we see that at the beginning i don't remember what color the wood was at the beginning of the episode i was more focused on the book 
Yeah, I think there was definitely red in there. Mm-hmm. Actually, now you mention it. So, um, all right, and then uh, so uh, what was the name of the cannon guy that he's uh, that he's working with? Uh, the name of the Fada. Yeah, or the Fada guy. Yeah, sorry, Omi's Aldo. the cannon guy. Aldo. Yeah. So Aldo's telling a story then about uh, a turtle that climbs on the back of other turtles to see and um, is smushing everybody under him. Mm-hmm. Do you take anything out from that story? Is that supposed to be significant to what we're seeing in this season? Um, no, because like just prior to that, he was trying to kind of level with him and be like, I'm just like you. I've had to work for everything I've had too. We're all turtles here. Right. They're all, they're all worker trying to somewhat self-justify like the terrible behavior is why I took it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and and they do end up becoming cannon fodder or tornado fodder by the end of the episode. So, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually Omi ends up shooting, uh, shooting out Aldo. And um, when Calamita, right then Calamita arrives, mm-hmm. and um, we we don't see anything from that. We just see you know one day prior. Then we go then we go one day prior, and we start seeing Rabbi and Satchel. So um, at this point, when we go, when we flash back to the day before, I was expecting we were going to get more about um, how Omi and Aldo got there. I didn't realize at this point, we're just going to follow Rabbi and Satchel for the rest of the episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, it just kind of ended up being the focus of the episode was those two. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, well, and Omi it's, it's good to, to, get to really get their focus on them. Um, I don't think in... You could tell me what you think, but I don't think that we're going to see Satchel again this season. I think this is it for Satchel. Uh, maybe a quick uh, peek back at some point, but yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Satchel is, a, you know, well, and I guess we'll get there when we talk about it, him on his own, but um, I'd just be surprised. I feel like with only two episodes to go after this, we have a lot of things to tie up. So this was a great way to tie up a whole bunch of characters and storylines and really kill a whole bunch of characters and storylines. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it will be a significant part of the final two episodes. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Um, all right, so then uh, they get into liberal Kansas, and uh, it's the I think the the world home of pancakes or the pancake capital of the world. I think is what it said. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when they arrive at the Melon Mounds uh, Airbnb or whatever you want to call it. I guess it's just a B B and B. There's no air. In it. Yeah. Um, and they get they get prodded with a series of questions at the check-in desk to determine if they should be staying on the east side or the west side. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they end up on the west, and it was the Wicked Witch of the West, right? And the Good Witch was the Witch of the East in Wizard of mm-hmm. Oz? I believe so. Okay, so they're staying on the west side, so they're staying on the Wicked side if, if you are sticking with the Wizard of Oz analogy here. Mm-hmm. So they ask uh, who they voted for for president or who they support for president, if they're Old Testament or New Testament. Um, and at this point, Rabbi mentions that he he asks if which one is the uh, is the testament where there's re- where you're reborn. So from that logic, and we do, we don't actually see Rabbi Milligan killed in this episode. We see him standing below the tornado. Could we have Rabbi Milligan reborn, and maybe we get more Rabbi Milligan in this season? I don't think so. He got, it looked like he was pretty clearly gone. Okay. Cause I could, I mean, they cut the commercial. They show him standing there. Uh, he talks and about they being show him getting sucked up. No, that was Calamita. They show getting sucked up. No, they up. showed him also. They show him also. Okay. 
All right. Um, just put it out there. Maybe, I, maybe. Think it's a, I think it's ironic that the rabbi chose the New Testament. That's that too. Yep. Um, that's yeah, that's a good point. Um, so uh, then uh, the, the woman at the front desk tells the story about the racist sisters that they haven't gotten along since the Dust Bowl. Yeah, uh, about the woman, about the woman who's giving all these warnings, who says the sisters don't like colored folks. She was she was African-American. Yes, she was black as well. So they don't like colored folks that they've hired a black woman. Well, all the serving staff was black. Yeah, it that it it just like really felt a little bit like kind of unreal or something. I think the it, what to me felt kind of unreal is like the way she talked was very stilted. Um, mm-hmm. That too. And I usually watch these episodes with the captions on for whatever reason. Hulu wasn't working with the captions for this episode for me, so I didn't have the captions. So I actually had to keep rewinding things just because there were a couple characters that it was hard for me to really tell what they were saying. But she was one of the characters where she said stuff, and I. Would I couldn't really tell what she was saying sometimes. Yeah, he's yeah. So, um, so when she takes him up to the room, she tells him that dinner is will be soon, and that uh, they'll be able to get fish sticks, and occasionally they'll get potatoes if they're uh, if they have any. And um, she says it's bo- better than boiling your shoes, which, which is a callback. Yeah, that's a. I was gonna say that's that's a callback uh, back to another a couple episodes ago when. Um, when the I can't remember what his name is right now, but the uh, the Fada character who was killed, who was supposed to kill Satchel. Yep. So, um, yeah, he said he boiled his shoes. So it's a good callback. Um, and uh, then so Rabbi says he's going to go get the money if they're going to hide. Um, and when he tells what he tells Satchel and this, I guess this is good foreshadowing. He says, if I don't come back, I'm either dead or I'm in jail. Mm-hmm. So this isn't going to be the time when he doesn't come back, but later on in the episode when he doesn't come back, Satchel knows it means he's either dead or in jail. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get to the fridge store and the guy's trying to sell the freezer. It's frost. It's a frost resistance freezer. It sounds uh, very good. It's not going to get full of frost. And uh, this store apparently used to be the feed store. I'm not quite sure how Rabbi was connected to this place, but he obviously was uh, disappointed to see it's no longer the feed store and that it's the it's the fridge store. Yeah, and he had money stored there. Right. So yeah, so he had money stored in uh, in it seems like in the wall that they tore down. So they tore yeah, down the wall. They out. they found that that treasure, and that was his five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So, well, what was left of it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it was five thousand oh, right, right, dollars. Right, right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and this reminds me of like, this is a very Coen brothers thing to have this bag of money that goes missing. Somebody finds it. It's like, uh, no country for old men has this Fargo obviously has this, the movie Fargo has this. Um, so, you know, that, that these people found this fortune and they thought that they would be fine. And then they ended up, uh, ended up costing them towards the end. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, yeah. So the people who own the feed store, their kids died in war. And they were so upset that they uh, they sold the they sold the place or they gambled away their fortune and then they sold the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was trying to figure out if so we know Rabbi was the Irish kid and he was a he was a child when he was sent to the Italians. Mm-hmm. So I just I didn't know if he grew up in this town. Like, how did he know his money was there? Or do you think maybe he went to this town when he was? 
uh, maybe as like a backup plan when he was working for the Fadas? I think probably it was just a backup plan. And then eventually, like, I don't think he had, I think it was just like an innocuous place where he eventually, when he was going to leave there. Yeah. So maybe he went there knowing at some point he was going to go on the run. And this was just his way of uh, mm-hmm. trying to just trying to set that up. That's why I took it as. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So then uh, we go to Satchel. He's in the room and he hears something in the armoire. And, uh, I, you know, they, they lead you to believe it's going to be a person in there or something just because this place is so creepy. Uh, and we get a jump scare and the, the dog jumps out. I it actually was. Uh, a pretty effective jump scare, I thought. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the dog's name is Rabbit, and uh, he follows the white rabbit out of the room, and that leads him to meet Dale Carnegie, who's an aluminum salesman. Yeah, and these guys just don't seem real. Do you think they were ghosts or something? This just seems like some sort of purgatory, weird, like alternate state or alternate reality. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I'm I mean, so I, sure that Satchel is Mike Milligan that I can't think that Satchel's dead, I guess. Right. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think this I was just, told as Satchel being dead. But I do like the idea that maybe this was his memory yeah. and maybe his memory is a little bit off. Right. Your your uh, your memory changes. Now, Dale Carnegie uh, isn't a real person. So he was a writer. Um, that name sounds familiar. So he's the one who wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yep. So when he's talking about that um, and he was uh, he died in 1955. So five years after this takes place, mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie died. So um, and then the other man that is there, uh, they did have his name as well. He was Hickory, something Hickory. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if he was also he it's said just, everybody just seemed like such caricatures of like typical of like different 50s people like that you stereotypes yeah. yeah um yeah i mean and maybe if this is his memory he's like in his mind he met a guy who's a writer and then he knows who dale carnegie is mm-hmm. and so he just kind of conflates that and and this hickory guy was going to texas to uh to strike it rich with oil mm-hmm. so you know i i didn't catch the full name i wonder if if with with that full name if you look it up if it's like somebody who actually struck it rich as an yeah, oil salesman. supplying like things he's learned to his real life memories. Yeah. Um, I did think this Hickory guy looked a lot like the Fada guy who was in the trunk. And at first I yeah. thought that's who it was. Yeah. But it's not. It just looks mm-hmm. like him. So uh, then we get the dinner scene. I thought this scene was really good. Uh, this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is when my Alice in Wonderland is like on full. I'm looking for anything Alice in Wonderland. Um you know, I guess you could say the guy who was getting surgery is kind of like the uh, like the caterpillar or whatever that like smokes out of the the hookah pipe mm-hmm. thing. Kind of looks like him a little bit. Um, we get the two sisters and they can't hear. They both have those like ear cone. I don't know what mm-hmm. you would even call those hearing aid things. Um, and we meet the other characters as well. Um, so we've got uh, the pastor and his wife, who he calls mother which I feel mm-hmm. like has got to be an allusion to Mike Pence calling his wife mother. <laughs> I mean, or it was his wife or his mother, and you're just not supposed to know. I'm not sure which yeah. one. But uh, Everybody so, had their weird kind of anonymous relationships with right. the person yeah. they were there with. I, I feel like I got major Mike Pence vibes from this guy be, between the fact that he's a pastor and he's this like 
uh, his oddly religious nature in them, his wife, mother. And we have the major who's a one-eyed major. Yeah, I mean, these are like all like caricatures, right? He's got, uh, this guy has an eye patch. He fought in the war. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like there clue with almost or something. Yeah, clue. That's a good comparison too. Yeah, he, he, he's a uh, he has his niece, but it's obviously not his niece. It's like his uh, it's like human trafficking or something. Yeah. Um, and she asks him to tell a story, and he tells the he says Hansel and Gretel are Goldilocks. It's just like a very strange interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just all very but like really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so with Goldilocks, so they're talking about Goldilocks, and during the during the scene when they're describing Goldilocks, the camera just focuses on Rabbi and on Satchel mm-hmm. and talks about how, you know, she was uh, she was in a family with no home and she's an she was an intruder. And, you know, they, they feel sorry for her. Um, and, you know, I think I think you could look at the the way that these kids were used, almost like human trafficking, right, where these kids were traded to get power, um, both Rabbi and Satchel, that that mm-hmm. they are kids without a home. They're without a family, right? They're in between. Yeah. So. And originally um, they mentioned how Goldilocks was with witches, not bears. Yeah. Do you think that's just more supernatural? Or do you think there's something else to that? I have never heard that before about uh, Goldilocks. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe it's just that humans inflict on humans type of, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yeah, that's, oh, that's that was yeah. interesting. I had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so then, uh, then Rabbi and Satchel are going to go into town. They're going to go back to the store with the refrigerator. Uh, they pass the billboard that says the future is, and it's blank. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a guy working on this uh, on this billboard, and um, later on, that billboard will get completed on the radio. Earlier in the radio, we were hearing something about communists. Um, I wasn't able to catch exactly what they're talking about on the radio, but this time on the radio, they're talking about a shootout, a shootout in a slaughterhouse in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. We have not seen that yet. Have we? Um, that would be probably what Loy's people from New York are coming in to do. Well, well, Loy's people in New York did the, they attacked the Fada house already. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, oh, so I, maybe... Yeah, I, I don't know. I it could be who who's in control of the slaughterhouse. Um, I believe that uh Loy is in control of the slaughterhouse. So, so I wonder if we're gonna see this next the next episode. We're gonna see us shoot out in the slaughterhouse, and this is taking place after that. Mm-hmm. That could be. Um or you know, it could be maybe it's the the shootout that we had with where the money was originally stolen, but I think that was a I guess that was a while ago. They wouldn't be talking about that on the yeah, radio. No. Unless um, news travels slow, and that's what they're trying right. to say there. I don't um, think so. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think back to any other big shootouts. I mean, we had the shootout at the train station. We had the shootout. Um, we had the shootout at the Fada House, and you would mm-hmm. think the train station shootout would be the big news right now. So maybe yeah. this does take place a couple of days after, and that's why we're hearing yeah. about it. So uh, stay tuned. If we see a shootout in the slaughterhouse, we will know, you know, maybe, maybe that shootout in the slaughterhouse happens in the finale and all of this is taking place. This is like an epilogue. This is all taking place after the season is over. Mm-hmm. That would be something interesting to, to place this because um, if Loy gets killed, then that really changes things. Cause then Satra really doesn't have a family by the end of the season. Yeah. So, uh, so then we get, uh, I would say probably the, the most intense scene of the episode where um, we have 
we have kind of parallel tracks going and rabbi is in the in the shop trying to get his money he reveals that the money was put in the wall and when they tore down the wall they found that they found his money and his treasure um and when he opens it up there's barely any money there of the five thousand that was already there mm-hmm. and they say that's the american way but when you find you find the treasure and you spend it mm-hmm. uh at the same time satchel is sitting in the car with the dog and police pull up right behind satchel make him roll down the window and it, you worry about what this cop was going to do to Satchel because mm-hmm. it doesn't like having a black kid sitting in front of the shop in the car. Yeah. So, um, you know, very intense scene, but the tension is kind of broken up when Rabbi comes out and they ask Rabbi how he's related to Satchel. He says that he's his guardian. And mm-hmm. uh, the cop says, who talked into that cockeyed arrangement? Yeah, definitely cuts the tension. Quite yeah, it cut the tension quite a bit. Um so then uh, they get back to the they get back to the B and B, uh, and Rabbi says that he's going to leave tonight after that they're going to leave after dinner, and uh, Satchel asks about keeping the dog, and Rabbi originally says no, but Satchel, Satchel says that it's his birthday, and um, that he was hoping to get a gift. So, yeah, and his birthday is what causes Rabbi to go to the filling station because oh, he's getting because you're right, he's yeah, getting yeah. him a candy bar or a cupcake. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in sweets in the house or sugar in the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why he goes, you're right. That's why he goes up to the Philly station is to get the candy bar. Uh, mm-hmm. And finally the billboard has been finished. And yeah. uh, so the guy didn't want to originally didn't want to finish the billboard because he didn't want to work himself out of work. But now mm-hmm. just later in the day, he's finished it and says the future is now. Yep. And he goes into kind of a philosophical rant and yeah. explains how that kind of it, I don't know if you was saying how that's not, it's unclear if it's a statement on time or the uncertainty of time, or if it's just a statement on something else. I forgot. Like, but he was like, this sign is basically predicted my own demise. Now. Right. And he says, he says it has arrived as predicted by this very billboard, I think was one of the, and as he's saying that it's getting windier out, it's getting more ominous. Uh, again, I wish I didn't know the tornado was coming. Cause I, just at this point, I start seeing this. I'm like, okay, now we're going to get this big tornado that's going to, uh, that everybody who watched the next time on already knew was coming. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, Rabbi arrives at the filling station. It, it is interesting that Rabbi and Rabbit are uh, just one letter off from each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, you know, that Satchel was with Rabbi, now he's with Rabbit in the future. Yeah. Um, and when he's at the film, when he's at the filling station, you see Calumet his car parked out front. And at this point, I remembered that we had flashed back a day in time, and we've seen one evening. So I didn't, I didn't really put it together that when he gets there, that we're now seeing what we saw at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So um, Calumet his car's there. We see the shopkeeper has been killed. Unfortunately, I, I really like that character. I was uh, bummed to see him killed. He just seemed like yeah. such a nice man. Yeah. I mean, even the shopkeeper and the sign um, guy, they all just seemed unreal. They didn't seem like, they just seemed like part of a weird purgatory dream. Well, I mean, so we've referenced a lot of different stories and all of those stories are fairy tales. Mm -hmm. And so this really, instead of, instead of necessarily being purgatory, it's just each character is like a fairy tale character. And that's really, it's just like, when you think of like the, like the fueling station, middle of nowhere, it's like, you think of this old man being, Mm-hmm. It's there when you think of like some old sign. I don't know. It's just they seem like archetypes, mm-hmm. not stereotypes, archetypes. Ar- so, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the same way that, um, what was the, the shape of water that like, that was kind of like told like a fairy tale. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, there's tons of examples for sure. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so we see that the shopkeeper is dead. Um, we see that, um, we see Kalamita has his gun on Omi and, um, and then he sees Rabbi out there. It's like fate has kind of brought all of them together to this one spot where the tornado is going to hit. Perfect storm. Yeah. And um, we get like an action shootout in the middle of this storm. Things are flying. The gun goes flying. Um, Omi is killed. He shoots Kalamita, but then Kalamita tries to shoot Rabbi and the, the storm starts picking him up. And so the storm, I saw the storm picked up uh, Kalamita. You said you saw the storm also pick up Rabbi? Yeah, definitely did. Okay. So, um, yeah, the storm wipes out that filling station. And then we come back from the break and Satchel is on the floor. Um, I guess I kind of thought, I don't know why I thought Satchel was on the floor. I was thinking maybe he got like blown off of, onto the floor, but that doesn't really make a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But um, that was interesting. Yeah, or maybe he moved onto the floor when, because it doesn't seem like anybody there realizes that a tornado hit, like very close to them. Yeah. Um, and Satchel opens the door. He walks out, and when he walks out the door, everything is in color in like very bright colors as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know this this is like you know the tornado has struck in Wizard of Oz, and uh, and Satchel is now in Wonder or Satchel is now in Oz. Uh, but you also could probably get some Alice in Wonderland there too. Mm -hmm. And uh, Satchel is wearing a red hat. All the doorknobs are red, so there's a whole lot of red going on in here. Um, and he goes and talks to the Alpha Omega Man in the room next door. Yep. Uh, it smells did, like rain. Yeah, he says it smells like rain. Um, I didn't really get much from his conversation with this guy. He just I think he's just supposed to be weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the guy is doing experiments on him or something. It's very strange. Um, and... Uh, then he looks over, he sees the preacher is folding the flag, or the pastor is folding a flag with his mother. Um, so just very odd behavior. Uh, again, nobody acting like there's been a there's been a tornado the night before. Um, Satchel gets Rabbit, the dog, and goes off on his own. Everything's in color. You see how bright the color is on the future is now uh, billboard outside. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Satchel goes off on the open road, off on the yellow brick road, I guess you could say. But yep. Who knows if he, him and his little dog, but who knows if he's off to see the wizard or what? Yeah. So, uh, and that's where the, that's where the episode ends us. So, uh, just, you know, fully putting foot, putting Satchel on his way. Maybe he's on the road to being Mike Milligan at this point. Yeah, I mean, the Milligan name will continue, I guess. But. Right. Yeah, he did realize that Rabbi never came back the night before. He looks. Out, he did look out the window before he left, sees the car isn't there. And so he knows that Rabbi is either dead or in jail. Yep. So, And that's where we leave the episode. So uh, we have two more episodes. I would imagine we're going back to Kansas City for the final two episodes, but who knows? Yeah, this was a really great episode. Um, like I said, it's my favorite of the season. Um, I think it's one of the better, you know, episodes of the series. Um, I really, it's really definitely one of the most memorable. And, and a lot of times at the shows, when they dive into just being focused on one character for an episode, it does make them so much more memorable. 
Mm-hmm. And I wonder how, you know, had this whole season been each episode really focused on one character and telling one character's story, if it just might have felt a little bit more coherent. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely felt the most coherent and felt like the most impact, most direction. Yeah, just I liked it a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, looking forward to seeing how it ends. Right. No, I, I am. Uh, I'm as well. I thought it definitely you know it's it's not like in june of this year was the first time that we started talking about police violence and police brutality towards black people but it's this was filmed well before this summer and so to have that scene in there where the cop pulls up behind the car and uh satchel is sitting in the car and you just get worried for satchel it just plays even more impactfully than it would have um had it aired uh, or in this spring. Mm-hmm. I so agree. It's, it's just interesting how, how different shows, you know, you mentioned Watchmen earlier. Watchmen has a lot of things uh, like that as well. So it's, you know, yeah, just these shows are very, very progressive right thematically. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, we got to give some MVP awards. We've got to check out that safety draft. We also have a little bit of feedback actually too. Um, okay. So Rick Marshall wrote in to digesting dark pod at gmail.com. He said you were discussing about whether there were any overt sci-fi elements in season one and season three. I think the closest thing to season one might f- fall into the category was when the fish came down from the sky in episode six. It was later explained that a truck had overturned, causing a bunch of fish to spill out. But that didn't really explain how the fish ended up falling from the sky like that. And in season three, there was a fantasy element was when the Ray Wise character who appeared in two episodes and was presented as supernatural or angelic mm-hmm. figure, possibly even God. So, uh, fish five from the sky in season one that's a lot like uh magnolia mm-hmm. definitely yeah so uh, and then we did get some feedback on twitter as well from uh from wes and he just had some uh observations from this episode he said barton bixby's the history of true crime in the midwest uh was in season two of fargo um he said chapter seven liberal kansas 1950 who shot willie Bapore. And he also said the tornado from a serious man. The future is now is from the Hud the Hudsucker proxy. So I've never seen the Hudsucker proxy. It's uh, yeah, on my watch list. My, yep, I have not either. So apparently the future is now. Future is now. Billboard also reminded me a lot of Back to the Future and the Hill Valley sign. Yeah, uh, the Hillsdale sign. So I think that's just like the the 50s where it's like things are great in the suburbs. Look how bright this is. You know, buy your mm-hmm. buy your home and and live in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Uh, well, with that, why don't you? Let's see. Oh, we'll do. We'll do safety draft first. So, uh, all right. So I have two people that are well, one person. So I have Rabbi Milligan on my safety draft. I guess according to you, I can take him off and say he's dead. We'll yep. see. I might have to change that. I also have Satchel. He seems pretty safe. Loy Cannon, Agent Weff, and you have Ethel Rita remaining on yours. You've already lost Doctor Senator Swanee and Deffy. Mm. So. Uh, I still have two people. You have one, or I have three people. You have one, although I'm not feeling good about Loy or Agent Weff in the next couple episodes. So, yep, might uh, end up in the draw. Yeah, that would be fitting. Uh, all right. Well, there's not very many choices for this episode, but who would you give your MVP to? Um, I'll give it to Rabbit. Oh, Rabbit the um, dog. Yeah, that's that's like Gretchen. Get when you gave Gretchen MVP points on dogs. Yeah, I, I always give the dogs MVPs. Um, I think Rabbit is gonna lead Satchel to becoming Mike, as much you know, 
in a more literal way, maybe. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. Dog, um, dog man is a dog is a man's best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we didn't see any rabbit in season two when uh, Satcher becomes Mike Milligan. But now that would be like a twenty-three-year-old dog. Yeah, it'd be a very old dog. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I mean, somebody's got to give Satchel the MVP. So uh, Satchel grows up. He celebrates his birthday and he starts seeing the world in color instead of in black and white. And he goes off on the yellow brick road. So, um, you know, the world is an oyster. The future is now for Satchel. So that will be Satchel's first MVP point as well. So one MVP point for Rabbit, one MVP point for Satchel this episode. There we go. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Well, uh, two episodes left, and then we're going to have to find a new show to start talking about. But uh, for now, I don't know. What, what shows are you watching now? Are you watching anything good? Uh, I am watching uh, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Um, Is it lives up to the hype? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Uh, it's really well done. It's only seven episodes, um, varying from like 45 minutes to like a little over an hour. But uh, yeah, really good good stuff people love it and i'm like it's just about chess and i can't imagine that like that chess would it's be a little more it's a little more than that i think mm -hmm. um it's much more about addiction and kind of mm. familial issues in that way and then anya taylor joy is just a star so i think but she's not even in the first few episodes so I'm oh really three episodes in because mm. yeah cause she's right I'm on like the poster him. and everything yeah it's really it's really really just well done it's it's a patient story, so it's surprising. It's so popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like universally beloved. There's, I think I've seen one person. I think David Chen doesn't like it, but everybody else really loves it. So yeah, um, yeah. I started watching A Teacher on Hulu, which is the Kate oh, Mara yeah. show about the teacher who's sleeping with the student. It is very soapy, very trashy, but it's thirty minute episodes, and it's I don't know something about it's just like junk food TV kind of. So um, yeah. It sort of reminds me of like 13 Reasons Why, if you watch that show on Netflix. It's like the same mm. kind of... Uh, really not selling me on this. Yeah, no, it's, it's not your type of show at all. Uh, <laughs> we will not be digesting a teacher. So. <laughs> Although I do like that title. That would be the best title that we could have. Yeah. So, all right. Well, next week, the episode is called Happy. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see who's happy. Probably not going to be very happy. Oh, you think it's not happy? Um, I think that's going to be an ironic title. I feel like we're going to have somebody at the end of the episode who thinks they're happy and then they get killed. So yeah, exactly. Something like that. I, I would be curious. I can't remember what we said about East West. I think we just said like, Oh, a road that goes East to West. So maybe we were kind of close. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So that's season four, episode 10 East West. That is not the finale. There will be one more episode after that, but we'll be back next week to talk about that. Get your feedback in digesting dark pod at gmail.com. Uh, keep sending that in or tweet at us. I'm at Brooks ZA. And I'm at Aaron J-A-Y Brooks. And we'll see you next week for episode 10. Happy. Ooh.